0: The seniors and the people who love them. I'm Cookie. I'm Pinky. And I'm Wendy. So our last episode was on Harvey's and it was such an enlightening episode. We had two guest speakers. One was a very good friend of mine who recently, I would say in the last five or six years and it could be longer, that she got into crocheting. So I am so excited about a top that she's making for me and, and when she completes it, I'll wear it for you guys. But her name is Tina Wilkerson. And then another hobby of hers is dance, and she's a hand dance instructor. And, and and she's been hand dancing for many years. So she enjoys those opportunities to share her knowledge and her skills. And it was very interesting, and we enjoyed her greatly when she shared information about her hobbies. And I know Peru Pinky had a guest speaker, and she can elaborate on what he shared with us on the podcast.
1: Yeah, so his name is Jay Patel. Mainly, he runs the store in our community, but he's all also elderly person. He does help and take care of a lot of elderly people entertaining them, helping them with activity. And his main passion was gardening. And he do community gardening where the all community people get together and do the activity on a summertime and grow some crops. So he was really involving a senior community in Ola Avenue. I know him since I was a child. So he is very... Interesting, I would say, character, but he is really helpful by a lot of seniors in the community. So I'm glad he was able to join us on our podcast the last week. Okay. Our weekly disclaimer is that we are not physician or lawyer. If you have a medical issue or legal issue, please seek to practitioner or lawyer to give your
2: professional advice. Thank you, Pinky. Today, we have an interesting guest speaker who can discuss several aspects of medical and caregiving support. Shannon Harris has been in healthcare for over a decade. She's a certified medical assistant in internal medicine and previously served as a certified nursing assistant and a patient care assistant with the Division of Developmental and Intellectual Disabilities That's really a genre that's very close to my heart because I have a brother who has developmental and intellectual disabilities, and this is really such a forgotten genre of people that need care. She's also an administrator for a very large support group on Facebook that serves as a support for caregivers. So Shannon, introduce
3: yourself and tell us
2: a little bit about yourself.
3: Okay, so Wendy said I'm a medical assistant. Currently with internal medicine, we serve the older population of our area. I work for a company that is federally funded because we serve a very impoverished area. I spent six years doing in-home care. I spent another six years working with the developmentally disabled. And my specialty really runs toward dementia care, Alzheimer's, memory issues, and special needs.
0: That's amazing. Oh, Shannon, what inspired you to go into the caregiving of others?
3: It's not something I ever really thought of doing. It's something I just fell into. We had a lady at church that had fallen and hit her head. And when she hit her head, it caused an early onset of Alzheimer's. And she got to the point that she couldn't live at home. So myself, my mother and one other lady broke the week up into three sections and we took turns throughout the week staying with her living with her making sure that she had all her meals that she was bathed that she was able to get dressed in the mornings and we did we did other activities with her to keep her busy throughout the day just depending on what the day her day was like so after that i had glowing references from her family and was able to go into the mental health and that's just what got me started. And I realized I loved it. And I've been there ever since. How long has that been again? Altogether, almost 15 years, I believe.
0: Wow. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. You may not know this, but we individually has have been in the healthcare field for about 20-some years. And that's how we met.
1: Too scary. Yeah. Shannon, tell me what role of you do know,
3: for certified medical assistant? As a medical assistant, I bring patients in, I triage them for the doctors, refill medications as needed. I do wound dressing, cleaning, general what would be considered as nursing skills without actually having the nursing degree. I'm more administrative than medical, but still do, you know, nursing tasks.
0: And you, in what state?
3: I'm in Kentucky and Uh certified medical assistant title allows us to do those general nursing skills. We're not allowed to do medications unless overseen by a doctor.
0: Okay.
3: We're not allowed to prescribe medications. We're not allowed to diagnose We're just allowed to treat with the permission of the doctor. Uh, Yeah. That sounds wonderful
1: because that is a lot of in a Maryland, that skill that you provide under you would not allow Maryland to somebody medical assistant to do that unless they are on skilled facility and supervised by somebody. So that is really good, very supportive measure that you are able to do that, that really cut the cost of nurse going in the room of patients support and putting that because i'm sure that is a lot of nurses does that here in maryland and i'm sure they are charging how many for that services that some client cannot afford that services because it's so expensive exactly so it's really really supportive thing for health care that they allow the medical assistant to do that. Maybe Maryland need to think about that too, to go forward and say, okay, we are certify you as a medical assistant, and you allowed to do this, 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 this. That cuts of nursing duty because we are shortage of nurses in Maryland. Every time we call for home health care they are saying, oh, we cannot start until three days later because we don't have a staff So that will resolve the two problems at one stone, and I think I want to think about
3: that. It would be a good idea. Now, we do have to be under direct supervision of a physician, a registered nurse, or a physician's assistant. We're not allowed to practice on our own, and everything that we do has to be ordered by the physician.
2: That's great. Can you tell us about the experience that you've had in facilities or home care? I know you've done a lot of different things.
3: Oh, yes. Home care was something that I loved and I did until just a year ago. Working in homes, I did personal care. Everything from bathing, laundry, for lack of a better word, cleaning of personal needs, toileting transferring from bed to wheelchair, to doing things like cleaning their house, picking up their dishes, little stuff that they couldn't do as most adults would typically do on their own. I did everything from direct hands-on care to end of life care. And that's something that I loved. I loved knowing that I could be there with someone that they wouldn't be alone when they passed because many of our senior citizens or they find themselves alone in the end. And it's wonderful that I've been blessed to to be a part of helping several people in their last hours and days and minutes. It makes such a difference for people.
0: So there is the, the element of trust, Shannon. That is so crucial, especially in the end-of-life care. So how do you establish that rapport, that, that I guess, the ability to help people feel comfortable as they make that transition. And we're all in the field and we have various experiences with people in in, in their last stages of life. But what I have learned is that everyone doesn't have that skill set. They may have the title, but they do not have the skill set. So just expound on that for me if you would.
3: To be honest, it's not something that I can really put into words. I've never really thought about how I do it. It's just something that it really just came naturally to me. I try my best to connect with each and every patient that I have even now. But when I was doing in-home care, I would always try to establish something that we had in common, something that we could talk about. I was very blessed to have a supervisor who placed us in homes that they thought we would be a good fit with. So I've always just had a natural ability to connect with the people that I work for. And when you can naturally connect like that, they trust you a lot sooner than they would someone that they don't connect with. True. And, you know, I'm a
0: firm believer. I've said just more than once on the shows that we all have a purpose in life. We're here for something. We there There is a why while we're here many people pass along and they have no clue or have not tapped into that not to get off into another spill or to get too spiritual about it but i believe we all are here to do something and when we're making lives better it's such a gratifying experience it's such a wonderful feeling when you close your eyes at night you close them and i'm sure you do pretty much every night with the understanding that you've made a difference today. And I just applaud you and commend you for that.
3: Thank you. It's something my mom tells me when I'm tired and when I'm burned out, when I'm stressed, my mom will tell me I'm just earning my blessings. Yeah. We do this professionally, but my partner's mother is, she's a stroke patient. So we've been providing 24 seven care for her since August. Stress and burnout happens often. It does. It does. Sure. So I try to keep in mind that, like my mama says, I'm just earning my blessings.
0: So what do you do if you get stressed or burned out? How do you manage that?
3: Well, that's why I was just in Pennsylvania. I go camping.
2: Yes, I've heard about your camping trips a lot.
3: (laughs) Wendy has definitely heard a lot. And I'm sure at times she's seen pictures in our chats. And camping is absolutely my passion. I love to teach people about camping and the outdoors until my physical condition started to deteriorate. I was an avid backpacker and hiker. Mm. That is my that's my go to for stress relief.
0: Good.
3: Being outdoors is very grounding for me. Sometimes in our life, like
1: especially my life, I do have a bad day at work or that the way the I don't want to go in. I come home and first thing, say, oh, it's a two choice. Feel better or get in a bed and keep depressed. So then at that point, going outside and walk out in a community, you get this prospect about your day, how it gets, and what you can did better to prevent that happening That and that give you little clarity when you come home after walk and you feel less distressed. But what happened? Best of days go smoothly. So I really agree with you. The going outside and get a fresh air. And all of us, like Bindi does every morning with her dog. I try. <laughs> I'm sure that she's getting prepared herself to start her day that is going to bring it to her. Okay, same thing. She does yoga and meditation before she starts her day. So everybody does have their own way to look after the stress that's going to happen, or it happened, and how we come out of it. So individual have a choice, just like yours. You like camping. Everybody has to find that comfort place, so they will go there when they are stressed. And come out of that state related elements, whatever that are.
3: I agree completely.
1: Tell me how this COVID ninety pandemic impact your role or work.
3: Oh boy. That's a loaded question. Yeah. The last three years have been some of the hardest in healthcare, have been some of the most stressful and personally devastating to me. I lost friends and family. I lost several clients due to COVID, and that was one of the major reasons that I stepped out of in-home care. After several deaths in one year, I really just couldn't handle any more of it, and I had to leave that sector. It hit us hard with staffing. It gave us the added element of stress because going in and out of multiple people's homes a day, you never knew what you were going to be exposed to. I was personally, I've been diagnosed with covid seven times. Hmm. So it took a toll on me physically and made it harder for me to care for the people that I had to care for. It made it more stressful for the people's homes that we were coming into because they were so afraid of getting COVID in their fragile condition and terrified that somebody was going to bring it in on them. Yep. It just, it was just hard.
2: I think people really don't know what it was like unless you lived
3: through it. As a healthcare worker. I mean the masks. I'm asthmatic. And with each round of COVID. My lungs have got a little worse. Trying to wear a mask. And go in with usually gown and gloves. In some places. Or full cover suits. In some places. Because that's what was required of us. By the home. It wasn't easy. You would sweat under your suit. You would be tired. You would feel icky. You picked up everything coming and going because your immune system was down from covid it was just there's no words to describe how hard it really was unless somebody really
2: was there i i work in an inpatient hospice facility and we just now last month stopped requiring masks for everyone like before that you couldn't walk through the door without a mask and I don't think people who haven't experienced that realize, like, what it's like to work full-time eight hours a day with a mask on. It's just that little thing. And I was always glad that we did because I didn't want more people to get sick. So I wasn't fighting it, but I just don't think people realize what it was like.
0: They don't. You're fortunate, Wendy, because we still wear masks on the healthcare floor
2: a lot of facilities are still we just lifted ours a month Mm. ago yeah Yeah. and
1: my facility too we have a tech team today but we are still that team which is the action control team by a state they are still coming to our facility every month
2: yeah long-term care is the most strict as usual right that
1: yeah it's also hard community with clients because some of our clients also read and when you have a mask it's hard to communicate because they cannot see your lips and it's become a little bit frustration because when they cannot communicate with you they get frustration and because of frustration they saw some other kind of behavior that they usually don't present so it is challenge for worker but it's also same point it's also a challenge for the client because it's a little bit difficult to communicate
0: oh yeah when it comes to the COVID just another question what about how were your the people that you visited or provided care for how did the vaccination process go don't, don't
3: ask <laughs> well Living in the area of Kentucky that I live in, I hate to say this. I hate to sound like it's a, it's a it's a political thing, but the vaccine in this area was a highly political thing. If you were a Republican, you did it. If you were a Democrat, you didn't. If you know, it, and the people are so they're extreme one way or the other. Either they're all for it, or they're dead set against it. There's no middle ground. When people argue and fight, I've seen families argue and fight over, well, mom and dad, you're going to get this vaccine. And mom and dad say, I've lived the mm-hmm. last 80 years. You're not telling me to put that darn thing right. in my body. So it's been yep. interesting, to say the least. Yeah, I
2: think it has been, you know, there's just no description. These are Unprecedented times in in healthcare. We're always preparing and making policies and procedures. There was no script for all of this. This was all uncharted territory. We had never seen anything like this. Oh, and and the political aspects of it just made everything. It was just. Yeah, I don't want to go through it again. And I feel like in some ways, it's very possible that we could either this or something else. But yeah, I don't want to relive these last few years. Not ever. Yeah.
1: Let's pray that we don't see that year again, because some predictions say this is going to happen every year with the flu season. Some say it doesn't going to happen. It's the same as a flu system. But I went to doctor and he say, okay, well, you already cover all your vaccine. We will give you other vaccine next year. So it's like, it's going to be vaccine for every year. Like we do. Yeah. So it's like, it's gone, but it's not gone kind of thing. Because we are going to get added vaccine in your body for rest of your life. So. It seems like it's gone, but I. What do we say? Protect yourself. If you don't go to take care of yourself, don't ask help from somebody. Else. First defense is yourself. Do it yourself before you ask to help. Defend yourself. So we'll see how that goes next year,
2: but that's the prediction. So, in addition to Shannon being a Professional caregiver and a personal caregiver. The way I met Shannon was she runs a Facebook support group that has more than 23,000 members and it's all about caregivers. And Shannon, can you tell us how you became involved in that group?
3: The way I became involved is I was looking for support for myself. I was getting burned out of in home care, I was getting burned out of taking care of people, period. And this is just before COVID happened. I was stressed. I was tired. I think that year I had already lost three people within a span of six months. I was emotionally wore down. And the office that I work for says, maybe you could find a support group. So I get on Facebook and I type in support for caregivers or caregiver support group or something. And this was the biggest group that popped up. So I joined it. And I have been a member there for probably about six months, and I noticed that the person running it seemed to struggle. Come to find out, she was doing it on her own. It had been her mother's group when her mother was caregiving for her father, and so she didn't want to let go of the group, but she was working herself full-time and couldn't run the group like it needed to be. So sometimes I think I'm crazy for doing it. But I volunteered and I said, hey, if you need any help, let me know. I'll be glad to help. And she accepted right away. And so for three years now, I have been the primary administrator with an absolute fantastic mod team. I could not run this group without my girls, including Wendy. They are fantastic.
2: And it's funny because when you're a caregiver, a lot of times you are kind of shut in and isolated. And there are so many things that are negative about social media in this world, but this is a really good thing because people from all over the world join this group and they find that I might not have much in common with my cousins who can't understand my caregiving journey or my neighbors, but these people know what I'm going through. Yeah, And I think it's just amazing. Some of the stories on there are really heartfelt. and. I feel like a lot of people come and they go for a short period of time usually ending with the death of their loved one. But some people stay and it's just a really great experience for the most part.
3: Yeah, we have a lot of people that, that even ask permission. Is it okay that I stay now that my yes. person has passed? And absolutely, yes, stay. Share your experience. Use us as a support system while you're grieving. It's one of the best groups I've been in I am in and probably one of the best groups I'll ever be in. I agree.
0: Other than what you've already shared with us, are there any other ways that you are helpful to the members?
3: I try to run, I want to say a tight ship, but not a really tight ship. I want the group to run itself for the most part. But one thing that I do is I don't tolerate any judgment. I don't tolerate any harassment or bullying I want this to be a safe space for anybody, to, no matter what their race, no matter what their profession, no matter what their background, no matter what their religious beliefs. I want anybody and everybody, including people with a lack of religious beliefs, that comes into this group to feel safe and supported. Right.
0: That's wonderful. It's wonderful.
3: It takes a lot of work
2: because there's people that want to come on and solicit. They're scammers. The internet is tricky these days, so it does take a lot of work to run it. And I know the day doesn't go by where somebody's not asking you
3: something about it. Oh, I know. And what in the group, I get personal messages from members. Did you see what so-and-so said? I mean, it's like, sometimes it's like high schoolers bickering and arguing. <laughs> yes. I said this to me, and, but I said this back. High school never ends. Exactly. <laughs> and can
1: you tell us how people could join this caregiver support group on Facebook and what
3: they would expect to find there? The easiest way is to search caregiver support group. I keep the group in good standing. I'm a facebook power admin, which has bumped the group to the top. So it's easy to find. And they can expect to find a very supportive place where they will be welcome with open arms. They will not be judged for any of their thoughts or feelings that are posted on there. And it is a safe space for everybody.
0: And you said your main focus group pretty much is for the senior population?
3: It is for, it's not just for seniors. It is for everybody. Anybody, okay. I think our youngest member was 14, caring, helping care for her grandmother at one point. Yep. Mm-hmm. We have some young members who are autistic and still caring for their older family members. We have Mm -hmm. people who are in their 70s caring for their parents who are in their 90s. Yep. Mm -hmm. So it's everybody and anybody in between ages. It's a real
2: struggle for people in this country. And in some places, there's great resources, but some places there's not. You can, we see it in hospice all the time, people struggling to stay at home and have a normal life. It's really hard. Oh, yeah. All right.
0: So let's take a break, and we will be right back.
2: Okay, welcome back. This is the part of our podcast where we will review any feedback or questions received, share some popular medical terminology, and give you some resources to continue your research. We did receive a comment regarding our episode on long-term care. Lucille Coleman responded and stated, I'm going through this process now. I will be listening for guidance. So that was great. Thank you, Lucille. I can some come with some new medical and terminology.
1: H C A healthcare assistance. H C S W. Healthcare support N A. Nothing abnormal. N A D. Nothing abnormal discovered. N A I. Non accidental injury. N B M.
2: Nil by mouth All right. Thank you. That's great. I don't know any of those, so you just keep coming up with brand new ones. Well, I'm trying to. So when I did some research for this episode, I found some really interesting things. Facebook support groups are really changing the ways that people are seeking our support. I found several scientific studies on Facebook support groups. One study was found at the National Library of Medicine, and it researched the effectiveness of Facebook support groups for people with multiple sclerosis. And it concluded that the online Facebook support group provided the group members with an important support network in the form of emotional support, informational support, and social companionship. And there's a whole study on it. It's really amazing. Like, they have done scientific conclusive studies on Facebook because this is here to stay. This is how people are interacting with each other. Good, bad, or ugly, This is the world we live in right now.
0: Okay, so if you are interested in becoming a certified nursing assistant, patient care assistant, go to your state nursing board. Each state has different criteria for programs. Here in Maryland, there are several companies that will hire you and pay you while you're completing the program. And when you finish, you take a test to get your certification. You typically owe that company a time commitment Commitment after the process is complete. Most community colleges also offer programs that can give you the prerequisites for sitting for the necessary certification test. So I think that if you're trying to make a determination as to what would be a gratifying field to get into, this, would, this may be one. So think about it. So we're going to a uh, joke for today? So today's joke is a little old
1: man shuffles slowly into an ice cream parlour in this summer hot day, pull himself slowly. When pulling up onto the stool, you know how they high stool in after the catching his breath, he ordered a banana split ice cream. The waitress asked kindly, crush nuts? No, he replied, arthritis. Funny or not funny, I
2: got that. All right. Well, that is great. You're getting good with these, Pinky. I'm dying.
0: Okay, so that is our show for today. A big thank you to Shannon. Shannon, please tell us how someone could join the Caregiver Support Group on Facebook. One more time for us.
3: Just search Caregiver Support Group on Facebook. There's three questions to answer to join the group. Make sure you answer those carefully and agree to follow the rules and you'll be accepted right away. That's great. Wonderful. We
0: hope you enjoy our podcast. Please subscribe to our upcoming episodes. We will be releasing new episodes every other Tuesday morning. If
2: you have any questions, feedback, or ideas for future topics, please visit our website, www.seniorscast.com. You can email us at seniors at seniorscast.com. Please give our podcast a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, I'm Pinky. I'm Cookie. And I'm Wendy. Bye, bye. everybody.